Marvelous. How y'all doing this morning? Now, next week, if we continue to have this 40-degree weather, we're encouraging you to bring, if you don't know how to swim, life, life vests uh, and some boots. Because when those mountains out there melt, uh, we are going to have ourselves a swimming pool around here. They're saying the whole state of Minnesota will be like that. So prepare, build the ark, uh, but, or come to the church in a boat. Well, we will be having service, though. Uh, and one other preliminary word is this. I read, I think it was in Christianity Today, I'm not sure, but uh, about two days ago, of uh, the church, the new cutting-edge thing, if you really want to get a corner on the market, in the, religiously speaking now, you show your videos, or at least some of your videos, in 3D. They're actually having 3D uh, videos in church. And so they hand out the 3D glasses when you come in. And this is, this is great. Uh, but, you know, we are not to be outdone. We are just techno-savvy. Have you noticed? Because we are now offering our religious consumers a choice. You can either watch me in black and white or in color. 1950s, 1990s. <laughs> this is a little behind the times. But it, I, I don't know what's up with that. I, I kind of like the black and white. It makes it kind of you know, give a sophisticated, mature look as opposed to reality. So... Well, uh, last week I shared a message that was uh, from the heart. It was it was it was raw. Uh, in fact, it was uh, to kind of surprising to my to me how how that hit as I was sharing uh, with Shelley and I and our son and uh, teaching about faith and what it, faith looks like in unfixable situations or situations that feel for right now unfixable and. Um, yeah, it just was it was kind of raw. So much so that I couldn't do it three times. I we, we just showed if you were here last week, uh, we just showed the video from Saturday night. Um, and I just want to say this about that, and that is that whenever there's such a, a value uh, of being honest and just sharing from the heart and saying things out loud. And the New Testament puts such an emphasis on speaking the truth. And the word truth is aletheia in Greek, which means uncovered, di- disclosive, not hidden. And you see, when we can be honest and open, and there's a pain, you say the pain. When there's a failure, you say the failure. Uh, and we don't got our way to air out our dirty laundry before everybody, but there's got to be an environment where, you, where a premium is put on honesty. And appearance and performance are considered inconsequential. When you have that kind of reality and you're free from religion, it gives you permission to just be out there and, and be, be real. And there's something just intrinsically healing about that, isn't there? Something healing about that. Uh, even, yes. Shelly and I have talked, you know, in our small group a lot about, about a burden we carry and some of the pain that, that surrounds uh, the, the situation that we're in. Um, but but there's something about sharing it this last week in this venue that was even for us kind of a catharsis. It, it undid some stuff. It, it kind of that's why partly why I think I kind of became uncorked a little bit. Um, and so it, there's a healing power in speaking truth. But it, God also uses it to teach others, to instruct others, to encourage others, to heal others, sometimes to warn others. In fact, I'm convinced that. Being real with our pain and our failures is, 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 is the, the primary material that God uses to build his kingdom. But our job is, it's, it's one of the ways he brings good out of evil and good out of suffering. And, and as we sang a little bit ago, you know, he recycles everything. 
I, he, he, God recycles. We, we have these pay, this pain or we have this failure or these problems, but God's an expert at recycling it. And he doesn't, he doesn't cause that stuff, but he uses it all in the most beautiful, magnificent ways to build his kingdom. But our job is to be real with it, just to be real with it. So I appreciate an environment where I could give the message that I gave last week. And uh, it, it was uh, safe to do that. We're talking about faith, kind of an office script series that we're on here. Just really felt led to talk about this very foundational concept because there's so much, so much really odd thinking about it. Uh, and it screws up a lot of people and, and produces some kind of really, I think, from biblical standards, jaded forms of Christianity. And we get caught up in, in, in that. And, and part of what we've been trying to do in this series is to just demystify faith. Uh, to make it, uh, it's not a religious thing. It's just a human thing. Everybody has faith. Yeah. Everybody uh, takes action on things about which you are not certain. Faith is not uh, about make-believe. It's not trying to make yourself believe something. I do believe, I do believe, I do, I do, I do believe. Like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. It's not trying to convince ourselves of something. It's not trying to make ourselves psychologically certain of something. It's not, it, faith isn't the antithesis of doubt. And it's not the antithesis, the opposite of struggling. And it's not magic. Faith biblically understood. Just to kind of review what we've covered here. Faith is a covenantal concept, as most important concepts in the Bible are. Faith is a pledge of trust and trustworthiness. You pledge to walk trustworthy in relationship to another person, and you pledge to trust them. Faith is the I do at the altar when two people pledge their lives to one another. Uh, so, so faith is at its, at its heart our relationship with Jesus Christ, our trusting Him, and our pledge to walk trustworthy for Him. That's why, for Christianity, in the kingdom, the center of our faith is not a book. And the center of our faith is not a bunch of doctrines. The center of our faith is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And we embrace the Bible as inspired because that's the... You can't understand Jesus without understanding the story of Israel and, and all that God's been doing leading up to Him and looking back on Him. And Jesus Himself endorses that. But, but our faith hangs on one person, and that is Jesus Christ. That's why we don't need to be, you know, get all weird and anal when, when there's a little problem here in the Bible or we can't figure out this particular verse or we disagree about that particular verse or there's some archaeological discovery that just doesn't seem to line up with. You know, those are fun topics to talk about. That's good theology, but don't leverage your faith on that. Your faith is leveraged on Jesus Christ. Know why you believe in Him, but, but uh, we don't have to worry about every particular thing that's out there. Faith is trust and trustworthiness in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the way that we do that on the inside, what it looks like on the inside, is, is, is given to us, at least one of the ways it can look, is given to us in Hebrews chapter 11, which we referred to last week. Which I, I would translate this way. Faith is the substance of anticipated things, the conviction about things not yet visible. Um, there's two Greek words here. Remember, the, the original is in the Greek. And... and in this case, there's two Greek words that are important to know. The word substance, which is hypostasis. Everyone say hypostasis. And then the, the word conviction. Sometimes translated evidence or confirmation, which is uh, the word elenkos. Everyone say elenkos. I want you to know those two words. Faith is the substance of anticipated things. And what I believe the author is doing, at least in part, is saying this. That faith is a matter of envisioning as a, as a substantial reality. 
things that you anticipate to be true. And as you envision the future as an anticipated reality, as a substantial reality, it produces in you a conviction that it will be so, even though you don't yet see it. That's how we do faith on the inside. It's about a future you vividly imagine, hypostasis, producing a conviction that it will be so, elenkos, even though you don't yet see it. And see, it's related to our pledge of trust and trustworthiness for this reason. When two people love each other and they're thinking about saying, I do to each other, you may have found this to be true. They get inside each other's head. They, they think about each other when the other one is not around. They dream dreams. They have visions. They, they run previews of what their life will be like. They have hypostasis, happy ever after movies going on in their heads. And they're thinking about what this will be like. And they're envisioning this. And that produces this elenkos, this conviction, excuse me, this conviction that it will be so, which is what drives them and motivates them to get up on the altar and say, I do. You see, the, the way that you do faith and faithfulness on the inside is that you dream dreams. You have these visions and these aspirations that produce these convictions, elenkos. And that motivates you to begin to, to, to envision your future together by means of imagination. Because faith is all about imagination. Not make-believe, but we, we, our image-making capacity in our mind. You imagine your future together, what that will be like. You run previews of that. You have this positive hypostasis, positive movies that create this elenkos that say it will be so. Happy couples, happily married couples and healthy couples, they do that even after they are done, even after they say I do. They never stop doing that. Amen. Take notes on this, now that it's Valentine's Day. Take notes. Amen. You find a happily married couple and they think about each other when, when they're not around each other, at least some of the time. They fondly think about what their spouse is doing. They fondly remember, uh, you know, times they've had together. They fondly, they fondly an, anticipate uh, what, what, they're, they're, they're getting together when they come home. They run hypostasis movies, previews about one another. And that creates this fond uh, feeling on the inside, this elenkos, the desire to be around each other. As, that's how you have faith in a good marriage. You're doing faith in a good marriage. When you run the movies and you have the conviction, you have the, 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 the sense that, that leads you to want to be around one another. Your lives are interwoven continually in your imagination. And that's what it is to have faith in a good marriage. Now, people who are in an unhealthy marriage or an unhappy marriage, they also are running movies. But they ain't so positive. You find a couple that's not happy, uh, that, that's miserable around each other, and they're running movies, but what they're remembering is all that negative stuff. I can't believe he did this, and why is my husband such a jerk, and why is she such a negative? And they ruminate on all the negative stuff. When they're not around each other, you know, at least it's popping up all the time. Oh, my wife is this. And, and see that, that? They're running negative hypostasis movies instead of the happy ever after hypostasis movies, which creates a negative elenkos. A negative, you know, a negative feeling on the inside. They don't want to be around each other. That's why sometimes in these, in these relationships, they come home and they have such short fuses. It takes one off word or one thing wrong and boom, they're at each other again. Why? Because they've been rehearsing that all day long. Yeah, they got all this pent up negativeness. They're having faith in a bad marriage. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. For better or for worse, according to your faith, be it unto you. All other things being equal. This isn't a magical formula, but it is a life principle. 
the, 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 the stuff you're doing between your ears, the movies you're running between your ears, the hypostasis reality about the future that you're anticipating between your ears is the main determiner of the life you're going to live. The quality of your life, the quality of your, your, your marriage and other relationships will be determined mostly by the kind of faith that you have for it. According to your faith, be it unto you. And you can have a miserable marriage and go to all the counseling in the world, but unless you change the way you're thinking about and anticipating your spouse and your time together, unless you change your faith, that counseling is not going to do you a bit of good. Amen. According to your faith, be it unto you. When two people love each other, they get on the inside of each other's head. See, the thing is this. We, we, we are not taught to do this by the culture. And not usually by the church, but it's so vitally important, so vitally important, because it's what it means to have faith. What I'm talking about is this. We need to pay attention to what we think about. We can't let the culture sort of provide the default for what we think about. we got to think about what we think about, and we usually don't. we got to think about the kind of movies that we're running in our head. we got to think about the kind of faith that we're having in our head. Think about the way you think about your spouse. Think about the way you think about your neighbor and your children. Think about the way you think about your, your neighbor. And run the kind of movies that God tells you to run. If, if we're not intentional about doing that, then what happens is we just, we just breathe in the pollution of our world and that becomes the content of what's going on in our brain. It's bad faith. We're, we're running wrong faith, anticipating the wrong things. And so our life does not line up with the, the, the way that, that's supposed to be running according to God's word. Paul says this in Philippians 4. I love this passage. This is from the Good News translation. My friends, fill your minds with those things that are good. Fill your minds with those things that are true and noble and right. Fill your mind with those things that are pure and lovely and honorable. Fill your mind with those things. Pack your brain full of that. The fact that the Bible tells us what to think about shows us, tells us that we have power over what we think about. And therefore over what we believe in and what we have faith for. And Paul is saying, look, if it's good and noble and true and honorable and all those things... Well, then, then download that, install that, run movies of that, have a hypostasis, reality, substantial reality of the future that looks like that. But if it's not, if it's not good and if it's not true, if it's not noble, if it's not pure and lovely and honorable, if it doesn't align with God's word, then press the delete button. <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> you don't need it. Don't, 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 don't have that pollution going on in your brain. See, this is so essential. This will determine more than any other single thing the quality of our life, the quality of our relationships, the quality of, our, uh, of, of the kingdom in our life. It's what goes on between our ears. Are we choosing it or are we, letting, are we just deferring to the television set or the movies or, or, or the radio or, or, or our past and the upbringing and the nasty stuff that was said and done to us? No, we've got to take that captive to Jesus Christ. It's about what movies we run in our head. Uh, according to your faith, be it unto you. It's just faith is the substance of things that you anticipate, the substantial reality. And the elen costs uh, that it will be so, that it arises from that. Now, we said this last week, and this is going to like zoom out and provide a big context for this. The climax, uh, another way of saying all of this is to say that, that faith is about the story that we live in. The story, the narrative that goes on in our head. The world doesn't interpret itself. We interpret it. Through our grid, that's our story. We, 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 we ascribe meaning to things. And, and it can be true meaning. It can be false meaning. The Bible tells us, though, what is truth. And so our job is to live in that story, to live in the kingdom story. And as I said last week, the climax of the kingdom story, the pinnacle of the kingdom story, it has to do with the victory of Jesus Christ. He wins in the end. 
The story that we are in is a happy ever after story if we will just say yes to it and align ourselves with it. So the verse I read last week comes from Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, here's a different translation uh, that I just think is, is, is great. It says, God did what he had purposed. And he made known to us the secret plan he had already decided to complete by means of Christ. Now listen to this. This plan, this is the story now. This plan, which God will complete when the time is right, when the time reaches its fulfillment, uh, this plan is to bring all creation together. All creation together. Everything in heaven and everything on earth together with Christ as head. Okay, so if, if, if the essence of our faith is the I do, Right? It's like in marriage. We say, I do to Jesus Christ. If, that, if that's what faith is, well then, then this is the happy ever after hypostasis vision that we're to be entertaining. As we, as, as we imaginatively, imaginatively weave our life, our future in with His, this is at the core of it. The, uh, Paul, Paul uses this very interesting word, anakephaleao. It's a very interesting word. It comes from a combination of two words. Ana, which means into... And kephale, which means head, into the head. And what he's saying here is this, and this is the ultimate end game for the story of the kingdom of God. There's coming a time, there will come a time, and once it comes, it will never be reversed. Coming a time when everything will be integrated into Christ as head. Everything will be woven into Christ as head. Everything will be united into Christ as head. It means the headship of Christ. In, when, in this final unending chapter of the kingdom story that we're to be imaginatively living in. That's what it is to have faith. And in that, in that final unending chapter, the headship of Christ will be the common denominator of everything that exists. Praise God. It means that the, the loving lordship of Jesus Christ will be like the thread that is woven through every single molecule of reality and weaves it all together in a united, harmonious whole. It means the loving reign of God will be the unifying factor of everything that exists. It's a beautiful story with a beautiful ending. Could not be more beautiful. Now, the author doesn't say that everything will be God. Doesn't say that. That's called pantheism. You get that in Eastern religions and and uh, in some aspects of the New Age movement. Doesn't say everything will be God. There'll always be. See, the, the, from a, from the kingdom perspective, the ultimate reality is love, not just blare unity, bland unity. In, in the Eastern worldview, it's called monism. There's this one thing at the end. There's oneness. It's all God. But from a Christian perspective, the highest end is love. The goal is love. And love requires an I and a thou. Love requires difference. And so in the end, there's God and there's also other than God. There's, there's human beings, there's angels, there's a creation. But what the author is saying is that when this story is done, the unending last chapter is an ending where everything has found unity in Jesus Christ. Everything has found harmony in Jesus Christ. Everything has been re- reconciled in Jesus Christ. Everything and everyone is now at one with God. Not themselves God, but there's a loving relationship that unifies everything. Everything is perfectly integrated into the headship of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's an exciting concept. You can say amen to that one. Now, here's the thing. Here's the contrast. See, right now, we're living in a world that is, to some degree, disintegrated. It's not integrated. Disintegrated. It's disintegrated and it's disintegrating. It's the opposite of being integrated. This world that we're in right now, because of a rebellion in the angelic realm and a rebellion in the human realm, this world is fragmented. 
This world is, is, is falling apart. It's coming undone. Things are going in different directions. There's not a single thread that weaves it all together. It's, it, it's in a state of decay. Romans 8 says that the entire world, because of, the, of our rebellion, has been subjected to futility, disintegration. It's disintegrating, falling apart. And we experience that on every level. This, this is not a, a biblical doctrine that you should really need to prove. It's obvious. Uh, we ourselves aren't perfectly integrated. Uh, not every aspect of myself lines up with my ideals. You ever argue with yourself? Well, to that degree, you're disintegrated. You ever want to do something, but you end up doing something else, like Romans 7 talks about? To that degree, you are disintegrated. You're not integrated. There's not a perfect unity uh, that is found inside of you. We're all like that to some degree. And then we find humanity is disintegrated. We're not, we're not unified. We're not all reconciled. We're divided along uh, racial lines, along socioeconomic lines, along increasingly now ideological lines, along country lines, nationalistic lines. We are a disintegrated uh, race of people. And physically, the entire creation, the Bible tells us, is disintegrated. It's fragmented. Death reigns everywhere because the principality and power of the, of the air is one who holds the keys to, to, to death. His name is Satan. It says that in Hebrews chapter 2. And so there's the stench of death everywhere. We live in a death world. Everything winds down, as, as, as I said several weeks ago. Everything tends towards decay. It's called the second law of thermodynamics. Physically, everything's disintegrated. Disintegrating. You're disintegrating. Sorry to tell you. If you're over 28 years old, you're, you're on the way down. Sorry, you hit your peak. You're 10 to 28. You're losing more cells than you're producing. When you guys leave here, you're going to leave a bunch of dead skin cells all over the place. we got to vacuum it up. What are you guys doing? You're shedding on our carpet. <laughs> We're all disintegrating. I, I, as I'm preaching to you right now, I'm melting. I'm melting. I, I'm disintegrating. Uh, no, that's why you know, the body just starts doing funky things. Has anyone noticed? It, 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 it's coming undone. <laughs> and you want to fight against that as best you can. Look your best. Work out a little bit. Try to jog. Yeah, fight it, please. But it's a losing battle. Eventually, you're going to lose. Unless the Lord returns, you're disintegrating. We're all disintegrating. And we feel it. See, that's what the Bible teaches. This story is, is not, not the story that, that God had originally designed. This is a story of the fall and bondage. But the good news is that there's a different story. Praise God. The good news, the good news is that disintegration does not have the last word. Integration does. It's all going to be integrated into the head of Jesus Christ. Amen. Death will give way to life. Violence will give way to peace. Hatred will give way to love. Discord will give way to harmony. And the common denominator of everything will be the loving lordship of Jesus Christ. Everything will be, everything and everyone will be integrated into the lordship of Jesus Christ. See, that is the future that we're to imagine together with our Lord. See, that's the happy ever after that is to be the hypostasis vision that drives us. We need to interpret the entire world in our life against the backdrop of this ultimate vision of Christ's victory. He's pulling the world in that direction. That's the story that got, that will eventually be displayed as perfectly true. And even now, Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, so by having faith means we imagine that true and we weave our story into it. And that vision, if we hold it substantially, hypostasis, it creates in us an elenkos. It creates a conviction. And that conviction is that that it is a yes spirit to this, an amen to this. I want to see that happen. 
it's, it's reflected in the New Testament with the prayer, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Oh, I can't wait to see what creation looks like. When everything is united in Jesus Christ, woven together in Jesus Christ, integrated in Jesus Christ, He reigns on high and everything that is evil and sinful has been done away with. I can't wait to see that. That's the elenkos. And see, as the bride of Christ, He's Lord already and we're bride already, so we're not supposed to just wait around sitting on our duffs for this to happen. No, He calls us and empowers us by His Spirit to be manifesting this right now as much as possible. What will be true someday, our job is to put on display right now. That's why the Bible calls us first fruits of the coming creation. Someday everything will be integrated into the loving Lordship of Jesus Christ. So our job is to integrate things as much as possible right now. Someday everything will be subjected to the loving Lordship of Jesus Christ. So our job is to subject, subject everything as much as possible right now. Someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So our job is to bow and to confess now. Everything that will be true later on, that we manifested as true, our job is to, since we know it's true right now, is to display it right now. And so our job is to bring all thoughts captive to Jesus Christ and our values uh, under the loving Lordship of Jesus Christ and our hopes and our aspirations and our source of life and our income and our time and to bring it all under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And in doing that, we're, 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 we're being a sign of what is to come. Uh, people ought to be able to see in, in the church, in the body of Christ, a preview of where the whole creation is going. It's what it's called. They're already amidst the not yet. The world does not yet. We still live in a death world. It does not yet manifest perfectly the, uh, what it looks like to be integrated into Christ Jesus. But our job is in the midst of that death world to manifest life and to put him on display. Whatever will be true in heaven, we, as much as possible, want to display it as true now. And whatever won't be in heaven, we want to as much as possible uh, shed it from our life right now. And so to put off all sin and all malice, all, all, all judgments, and it can, if, that, if it won't be in heaven, we get rid of it now. It won't be any violence in heaven. So we purge our life of violence now. And in doing that, we put on display the coming kingdom. And in doing that, that's how we partner with God to, as it were, pull heaven down on earth. Lord, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do that with our prayer by how we live. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done now as it will be in the future. And in doing that, we're already anticipating uh, the, the reality that the, he, we shall reign with him, the Bible says. We're reigning with him. We're partnering with him to bring about his will on earth as it is in heaven. Now I want to ask this important question. What does it look like? Okay, that's the big picture. That's what it is to have faith on a cosmic scale. But what does it look like to now apply that to individual people and to individual situations? What is it to have faith for a particular situation and a particular person? How do you apply this big story to the little stories of our life? And let me, let me get at what I want to share here by sharing something that happened this week. Um, I have a, a, a very good friend. I, we, we've been very good friends for 36 years. Uh, her name's Terry. And um, uh, go back a long way. Terry, Terry is one of a, a dozen people or so that I know who has, uh, for the whole time I've known her, lived in almost constant pain. Uh, of, a, of a rather severe sort. Comes and goes, good seasons, bad seasons, but, but there's always been that there. Uh, she's part of our small group, and, and we have a tweeter account in our small group. Uh, we just talk to one another on, on, on the, the, the Twitter, Twitter, whatever it is. Um, and so I got a tweet on Thursday that says, Terry went to the emergency room, uh, please pray. And she's okay, by the way, just so you don't leave that hanging. 
But uh, I, I did that. I, 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 I stopped what I was doing and I started praying for Terry. Didn't know what the situation was. But for the last, well, this has been a common denominator for the last 36 years, but especially the last couple of years, he's had these migraines that are just paralyzing. Where, I mean, sometimes they're so bad, she sees like an aura around things. And, and, you know, for half the day or more, she's just knocked out. And tried everything to try to, you know, uh, to, to fix that. And it just keeps coming back. And so I suspected that it had something to do with that. So I started praying for her. But here's the thing. And I'm just going to be really honest. I have off and on prayed for, 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 for my friend Terry for 36 years. Uh, usually about the same issue, the health issues. And I say that to say this. As I prayed for Terry, if you were to ask me in that moment, how, how expectant was I, how confident was I that this prayer, this prayer right now was going to heal her completely, I would have had to, if I was honest, say, I, I don't have a lot of expectancy for that. Um, uh, far from being certain that it will be so, uh, I, my confidence that it will be so is, is rather low. Now, I, I know in praying that, that I know I'm doing good. I know I'm doing good. I know that I'm bringing the kingdom. Uh, James 5 tells us that no prayer is wasted. It's powerful and effective. So I know I'm bringing the kingdom. I know it's good. As we together as a small group pray for her, I know that however bad the situation is, it would be worse if we weren't praying. I, I, I accept that on faith. And I hoped that she would be healed. I certainly did that. I hoped that she would be healed. But my confidence level was low. You know, there are some hearing this message right now who, um, if you haven't heard me talk on this topic before, you may be getting very upset or maybe very, very confused because you're thinking, wait a minute, you're a pastor and you're just telling us, I mean, what kind of prayer is that? No wonder she didn't get healed. You doubted. For crying out loud, you guys expect God to answer that kind of a prayer when you yourself admit that you really didn't expect it to work and, and bring about a total healing. Well, no wonder she didn't get healed. You sabotaged your own prayer, dude. And your friend's suffering because of it. Uh, some folks are thinking that as they're hearing this thing. What kind of faith is that? And you can say, oh, you're a pastor. You're supposed to be encouraging us. Not, not, not discouraging us by telling us what a loser you are. I told us I'd be honest. See, I don't think that's being a loser. And this is why I'm sharing the story. I don't think that's being a loser. That kind of thinking is going back to the faithometer thinking. Remember the faithometer a couple weeks ago? It's going, it reduces faith to a psychological gimmick where you're the lion on the Wizard of Oz saying, I do believe, I do believe, I do, I do, I do believe, trying to get that thing up there. And then God becomes sort of this magical genie that pops out when you hit the 100 mark or something. It's all formulaic. It's all magical. That is not the biblical concept of faith. I know there's a few hyper, hyperbolic verses you can translate or interpret that way, but the basic teaching on, on biblical faith isn't that. So, so, so let me ask this. Maybe you're wondering this. Well, look, if, you, if you're not confident that she's going to be healed when you pray, then why are you praying for her healing? Uh, it's a very, very important question. Because the, real, the reality is this. Yeah, right. Pull it out of me. I love that. I love that. I've always wanted an amen in church. You can say amen. They give you a run the aisles there pretty quick. You don't sit Madonna. Well, look, at, it, it's, here's the thing. There's been a lot of people I've known. In fact, I went through this stage myself where you pretty much give up on passionate intercessory prayer because you assumed... That, that, that prayer only works if you see an outcome of it. it, that it, it, it you only can do that if you are confident that it's going to have the outcome that you're praying for. And unless you're really good at make-believe, and some people are, but unless you're really good at convincing yourself of stuff, the game of trying to convince yourself of something grows old. 
after 36 years, it's really hard to say, okay, this time for sure, for sure, for sure, it's gonna, I do believe I do, I do, it's gonna, it just, it gets harder and harder and harder. And, and, and you can't come to the point where you stop praying because you think that you can only pray powerfully if it means that you genuinely anticipate that this particular prayer is gonna bring about a healing. So why are you, why was I praying? Why did our small group pray? Some people say, well, boy, you just rolling the dice? Is that what prayer is? Roll all the dice against the odds to say maybe this time? We'll get lucky after 36 years. Now, see, here's the thing. Folks, when we pray, when I and our small group were praying for Terry, we're partnering with God to bring God's will down on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're pulling Terry's future into the present. That's what faith is all about. We're imagining Terry's future integrated fully into Jesus Christ as a present reality. See, the truth is that we know that Terry will someday be healed. It's just a matter of when that's going to happen. We know that this prayer will be answered. It's just a matter of when will this happen. When the entire creation in heaven and earth is fully integrated in the loving lordship of Jesus Christ, Terry will be fully integrated in the loving lordship of Jesus Christ, which means her body's going to work the way it was supposed to work, and there won't be any more migraine headaches. That, that is the, the, the hypostasis vision that faith uh, holds fast. That is why we pray. When the kingdom comes, I see, I envision Terry being free and healthy and free of migraine headaches. But I also know that God wants his bride to manifest as much of that now. And so what we're doing, what it is to pray for Terry, what it is to pray for anybody is you envision this final uh, unending chapter. You envision it and then you pull it into the present. And you envision the present circumstance like this. Run it as a hypostasis vision. Seeing Terry free of the migraine headaches. And you're partnering with God to say, yes, Lord, bring that now. Heal her now. Deliver her now. Free her now. We come against the enemy that, that keeps on bringing this on and this fallen creation. And you're partnering with God. And see, to pray like that, to pray passionately like that, and to have faith like that, I don't need to be certain that this particular prayer is going to bring about a total healing. I can't be certain of that. All I need to be is confident that eventually it's going to look like that. Eventually, Terry will be healed. And now faith is just a matter of pulling that into the present. Praise God. Praise God. You're you're, you're pushing the world. And God uses every one of those prayers and uses our kingdom life to move the world closer and closer to that time when the kingdom will come in fullness. That's what faith is. It's the substance of anticipated things. Ultimately, the ultimate anticipated thing is the world integrated into Jesus Christ. The hypostasis, and then it creates an elenkos that says yes. And so we're having this elenkos for Terry saying, yes, Lord, bring it on now. Heal her now. Free her now. And it always leaves the world more kingdom than it was before. So it is whenever we pray for healing, we don't need to talk ourselves into something. Some psychological gimmick. No, what we need to do is envision. I know there won't be any wheelchairs in heaven, so I can right now envision this person getting out of their wheelchair. And so I, you come against and you push against that and you together with others say, Lord, free them now. And, and, and uh, I know there's not going to be migraines in heaven, so you come against them now. There's not going to be cancer in heaven, so you come against it now. Won't be diseases in heaven, so you come against it now. And sometimes for reasons that we maybe can't all figure out, we see that fully manifested. Many times we don't, but we always leave the world more kingdom because we're pushing in that direction. Faith is a hypostasis. Of things we anticipate. The elenkos of things we do not yet see. Pray that for all healing, all situations. It's just a matter of saying, what, what does that future kingdom look like when it shows up in the present? That's faith. Envision that. And we do it for ourselves. I'll close with this. Uh, you see, here's the thing. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
And the Bible says some beautiful, beautiful things that are true about you and that will be part of that end game picture. Uh, that when, when, when you're fully integrated into, into Christ Jesus and, and He's the common denominator of, of every aspect of you, well, man, you, 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 you just, you're going to shine like, like you can't believe. But see, we don't wait for that to happen. The Lord wants us to be being transformed into that direction now. So the question I want to end with is this. What kind of faith do you have about you? Are we talking about what is to have faith for others and to push in the kingdom direction? What kind of faith do you have for you? Is your faith uh, one that you inherited from mom and dad or an abusive brother or the car wreck or the movies that you go to? or Are you, are you just breathing the poison, uh, the pollution of, of, of the world? And is that the faith? What, do, what story do you live in about you? What do you tell yourself? What do you see about yourself? You see? And, and the Bible tells us, we just read a little bit ago, that whatever is good and noble and true and right, according to what God says, not according to what your dad or mom said, that's what you fill your brain with. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? How do you imagine yourself? Nothing will determine the quality of your life as you're experiencing it now more than how you answer that question uh, on a regular basis. Because the brain is always going. It's always popping. What do you see? What do you see? What do you envision? And so here's an exercise that I encourage you to do a lot. Um, All of us have, we are to some degree disintegrated. And the goal is to become integrated in Christ. So imagine one area of your life right now. Just think about, as a memory now, uh, an area where you are disintegrated. Uh, where something other than the biblical you shows up. <laughs> where it doesn't look like uh, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. When are you at your worst, is what I'm saying. Uh, we all have at least one area, huh? or one person, or one situation, which when it happens, it triggers something in us, and we're nasty. Uh, people don't see Jesus in us in that moment. You, you believe in Jesus, but maybe your, your, your level of confidence isn't fully integrated yet, which is why you get freak out insecure under certain circumstances. Or you believe in Jesus, but, but your character isn't fully integrated yet, which is why, which is why uh, you're still in bondage to certain things, and, and under certain situations, your ethics just goes out, uh, out the window. Or you believe in Jesus, but there's certain aspects of, of your emotions that aren't fully integrated yet. And, and so you take a dive when certain things happen, or, or, or there's hatred that you experience when certain things happen. Right now, think about a situation where that happens. Maybe at workplace, maybe at home. Hopefully it's not your spouse, but it could be. You know, uh, and, and you've been running bad movies about that for a long time. Maybe it's time to stop. De- press the delete button. Okay, so you got that? And now just ask the question. What do you look like when you are fully integrated? The you that uh, has a peace that passes all understanding and a joy unspeakable and full of glory. The you that has every thought captive to Jesus Christ and knows that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The you that knows that you are a walking, talking temple of God and that, that you ravish the heart of God, that you're altogether beautiful, that you're holy spot and, and, and spotless and, and blameless in his sight. When that you shows up, what do you look like? Just ask God to give you a picture. And then ask the question, what, do, what does that you look like in that situation where the ugly you comes out? How do you, in fact, would you close your eyes right now? And Holy Spirit, give us a picture right now in the next 60 seconds. What do you look like in that situation where the nasty has always come out? What do you look like when the beautiful comes out? And and can you see it? If you can't see it, you're never going to experience it. However you do thought in in your life, just think of that time. And now, now, 
instead of responding the way you always have and doing what you've done, what does it look like when, when you really do believe that you're holy and, and, and blameless in His sight, when you really do believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? What do you look like, especially in those toughest situations, when you are fully integrated into the loving lordship of Jesus Christ? When you have that peace that passes understanding and, and you, 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 all your life comes from Him and you're no longer dependent on what people think about you, what do you look like? And just see it. Run that tape. Run that movie. And if you're a disciple of Jesus, there's a party that says, you know that is true. There's that elenkos. Let that be a hypostasis vision. See it. And then there's this elenkos. Yes, I see it. Yes, I want it. And now in the power of the Spirit, just begin to pull it into the present. Because the truth is that is the real you. That is the real you. We're not, this is the opposite of make-believe. You're making believe when you're not seeing yourself that way. No, no, no. Uh, this is the real you. And so uh, just pull it into the present. And then, then there's this. Ask God to empower you to be that. Ask God to remind you to see that. And then ask God to give you wisdom on how to move towards that. Because there's probably things in your life, habits in your life, people in your life, something that, that keeps you from moving in that direction. And so ask God to give you wisdom. What do you need? Maybe there's people you need to be accountable to. Maybe there's, maybe you can just get rid of the internet for a year. There's, there's things you can do. Wise things that will move you in that direction. Lock this in. Holy Spirit help us to lock in. This one particular vision of ourselves for that particular situation helps to be a people of faith who, who have a, a vision, a hypostasis vision of you in all of your triumphal lordship. You as the creation in heaven and earth is integrated into you. Help us to have a faith that integrates ourselves into you. That sees us as we are. Uh, totally united in you. Help us, Lord God, to, to live by faith. To be a, a people who live by faith. Who dream dreams in heaven a Lenkos that says, Let it be now, Lord. And a partner with you to bring about your will on earth as it is in heaven. Your will in the now as it will be in the future. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's visionary people said... And God bless you guys. Go out, have faith. The altar is open if you want to come forward for prayer. Amen.